0: You are listening to an MLGA Network podcast. Welcome to Voluntary Vixens, where Jesse and Maddie give a female voice to news and pop culture with a libertarian twist. Join us to stay informed and challenge while keeping it sane, peaceful, and most importantly, voluntary. Voluntary. Hello, um, I'm Mo Fax from Mo Facts with Adam Curry, and I'm here to mansplain why paying ante- paying attention to everything matters <laughs> with Jesse and true. Maddie.
1: Awesome! Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> We're so happy to
2: have you here, and um, it's so true. Such a simple, <laughs> such a simple message, but it is so true. So, Vixens, uh, you're in for a treat tonight, and um, I think, you know, based on wherever this conversation goes, you'll be left with uh, the desire to go check out Mo's podcast. I know that each episode I've been on, or been down, it's like a journey, and, um, you know, hats off to you, Mo. You really do your homework. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I,
0: I really, actually, it's a labor of love, so each time I sit down, I don't know what I'm going to come up with at the end of it I don't go in I don't go into it with a plan um it's just more of a investigation and then I show you the what I find along that travel um and it's amazing to be able to share it with a great co-host like Adam Curry and then share it with all the producers of the show so
2: yeah I didn't it, could, it didn't occur to me until maybe like the last episode I listened to, or I don't know, it definitely took me a while to figure out that Adam Curry, your co-host, was also the guy Adam Curry on No Agenda podcast, which I've also listened to before. Oh. And, um, you know, so I was just like, oh, duh, like, that's why <laughs> your shows are very similar in just like like layout and how, like I said, it's a journey, like you start here and you don't really know exactly where you're going to get to by the end, but I mean, the whole ride is worth it, so... Um, yeah, I think, uh, Jesse, do you have any idea on, um, where you want to start tonight?
1: Well, I know that one of the, um, episodes that I listened to, um, I think it was one of the second to the last one where I, at the end you talked about, um, (sighs) You, sh- or you you played audio of a scene from a movie, I think it was, where the father was talking to the daughter about how important it was to work on your marriage. And I thought that was such a good message because we live in a society where people are so quick to jump into relationships and jump right back out. Right. And, um, and it was the father telling the daughter, you know, I know it's really hard right now, but you really have to choose your husband every day. And I thought that was...
0: That was Charles Rhodes from Billions, which, which yeah. uh, he's a very interesting character because he's the ideal um 1950s kind of man, American man. So he shoots it straight. Yeah. He was basically telling her, like, you don't even think about quitting marriage until seven years in. And and you know, you get two friends better than you, I mean two groups of friends better than you, one worse. you and you complain about them (laughs) and -hmm. you know it kind of lays out this blueprint for marriage uh how to sustain it and you have a kid and you make them you know make that your project so as you said i think a lot of people just hop in it and we have this microwave society mentality of if it doesn't work out in six months a year two years it's like well on to the next one and i don't think people really realize um the debris that you leave behind when you uh tear that fabric of not even think about kids just when you um interweave your life with another person and you rip that fabric then it's going to be a blowback and and uh, um consequences to that separation Mm
2: -hmm. and
0: i don't think we really understand that because we're all living in and out and in the moment
1: we're so present (laughs)
2: <laughs> we're surprised so right. that we're not at all at all present and aware but i think
1: also are i don't know what it i don't know what the the word is because uh i do feel like a lot of people are pretty selfish in a lot of ways like and that's part that plays a part of it i don't think that being selfish is the worst thing in the world but i think when you're not thinking about when you're just thinking about your own happiness and that and like you said like in the moment mm-hmm. and you're not thinking about who like, especially when you're talking about a marriage, you're not thinking about the in-laws that are, that are part of, that are part of it, the children, um, all the friends, there's a whole lot more people that are involved in a marriage than we realize. And even in a relationship, you know, when you've been in a relationship for a long time, when you, when you quickly get out of a relationship, just because it's uncomfortable for that moment, there's a ripple effect of all the people that you affect with that too.
2: -hmm. It's almost like you're reminding me of like an equivalent of like an ecosystem, and Mm -hmm. so it's when you say it's destructive, and Mo, when you said it like rips the fabric, it's like it's absolutely like removing a person or removing an individual, but actually destroying the the environment or that that like once existing biosphere. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, I think it goes to play in, and I'm gonna go out there a little bit because I like to look at things in a a, a holistic manner, but when you remove, um, when you put these things together, I think we have the mentality of, in the 1950s, if you had a television, if it broke down, you took it to the shop <laughs> and you got it fixed, right? And then you got a new tube or whatever part that was broken in it, and you brought the mm-hmm. TV back home. But now the way we consume things, we replace things. And yep. I think that's how we treat our um, people that we're in relationships with that they're interchangeable parts that I'll take this man out (laughs) and I'll put another man in and I'll just keep running. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't work like that. And that's why I was saying about the fabric, when you interweave those fabrics, if it's done abruptly, it's going to tear, right? You don't go to untangle or unweave the the threads that are are interwined, inter, um, uh, ingrained with each other. And then you've had to factor also in the, the fact of like things like soul ties and and connections that are made on the biochemical level that when you really have the blues when you break up that's a biochemical thing that's going on which I just think we don't we don't take a into factor we just like I said it's just the interchangeable part you take this person out you put this thing in and I'm gonna say this since this this podcast I think that works better for men than women um because I believe you all are more. Uh, this is me mansplaining now, <laughs> but I think you all are um, more um, emotional. So guys, just look at like okay, logistically it's the same. <laughs> I have you know I have somebody to go out with on Friday night and somebody to watch Netflix with and you know somebody to you know meet whatever your physical needs are. And it's easy. I'm not saying it's it's e- easy, but it's easier for men to do it where where women I think. When you get that emotional tie going and you pull it out and you put another uh, part in, it's not the same part. So it's like now I have to readjust all my emotional settings.
1: Yeah, um, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> yeah. that uh, That's a good way of putting it, the emotional settings. Like you have to just it start over again. in there. <laughs> and I think like a part of that, too, to be quite honest, is that um, I mean... We, this is one of the topics that we've been talking about a lot this month is, you know, feminism and how it's affected women today. And um, this, I guess we're in the, what are we in the fourth wave, Maddie? I, think, I don't even know anymore. I think it's fourth wave.
0: I think <laughs> it's the beginning of the fourth wave, I believe so. Yeah.
1: Okay. I mean, it, at the beginning of feminism, the, the first idea was just so that women could have like the same rights that men have. And now it's like we have all the same rights that men have. In fact, we might have more. If you really want to, you know, tack abortion onto that as a right, I, I kind of think that's just a whole separate thing. But
0: family court, if you yeah, look at the family, court? Yeah. family
1: court uh, system too? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's just so many and, I, I, I And there's also attached to all of that is like this mentality of like victimhood all the time, and it's like everybody in this country has to be a victim somehow. If you if you don't have a nice little victim status, then you know, you're not, you're not worth anything, you know? So it's like white men are considered like the, the pinnacle of, you know, what is it? Privilege. So Mm. they have no right to any, to complain about anything. And they are also to blame for everything. So with that, you know, how, (laughs) when you're talking about feminism where women feel like they're still fighting for something and they're still a victim of something and then white men are like these you know this thing that you should hate and that you should despise Mm -hmm. it makes for relationships happening very hard you know
0: I've I've realized this phenomenon with the show that me and Adam do that we're one of the few pieces of quote-unquote entertainment where a husband and wife can actually sit down and watch together or listen together. I mean, it's a podcast, but you are surprised that we have so many people call in and like, yeah. Um, and it's, it's a lot of times it's women, which you know is rare in the podcasting industry where the women are introducing the men to the podcast, um, <laughs> which yeah. is it's great. But it's like when me and my wife sit down to watch entertainment, somebody's going to be triggered <laughs> by the end of that show because they're playing the wedge. Um, and I think it's purpose, um, it's purposeful. Um, if you think about it this way, if I want to sell two cars, two apartments, two houses, two couches, mm. two chairs, mm-hmm. consumer, I mean, cohabitation doesn't work <laughs>
2: yep. for,
0: for industry.
2: You'd rather have a se- be separate con- customers.
0: Exactly. So it's constant let's divide 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 mm-hmm. let's keep it separate as far as possible um, and then I mean you've talked about into like just child birthing in vitro all of these things are uh consumable goods that you have to sell to people which naturally they may not need if they operate in the traditional order that's and a that's really why good I, point. that's why traditional order is like uh not it's not it's, it's a no-go it's no you can't have Mm-hmm. because you you all are being sold on this. I'm just me from the outside looking in. I think they're selling it to women. Like, you don't want to be married, do you? And you don't want to be, <laughs> uh, one of the things that cropped up, financially abused, where your husband tell you you can't buy something when you want to buy it, you know, and he controls everything. Um, so you might want to stay as single as long as possible. Um, and so they create this, image of this woman this unachievable i believe that has it all the woman that has it all and we're saying i don't think that's possible and it's like well you're not a woman so you uh, you know you don't have the superpower women have. that's what they tell men right you can't run a house and do a job but a woman can and it's like do you realize all this pressure that you're putting on on women yeah. and when guys try to say that it's like shut up shut up bigot <laughs> <Yeah>. shut up <laughs> shut up man you know and we're like no we're saying this out of place of love and a place of concern um
1: yeah
0: so i just think that's i i, I believe this is a master plan uh with an end goal of maximum uh profits and minimum humans minimal humans humans as possible
1: yes i i think like well, me and Maddie have been talking about this for a long time, but there is sort of like this big push to depopulate. So it would make sense that they're trying to tell women they don't need to get married and babies are just a burden. They'll keep you from, Kids you know. yeah you, Don't you want to have like this wonderful career and, you know, babies are just going to get in the way so of that. Feel so
2: fulfilled and then travel. You want to do all this other stuff and you want to be single <laughs> and you don't want to be... Tied down. Tied down. Yeah. A guy. because <laughs> chances are he sucks and chances are he voted for Donald Trump or something. So you don't right. need him.
0: <laughs> right. Or, or he's going to put his priorities first. Right. I mean, yeah. you're going to have to move to the city where his job takes him. Yeah. You got to uproot your life. But me being a, a family man, I, I'm a father of four and I, I'm married for, you know, a good amount of years. Everything I do is for my family. Very little things are for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. the, the things I enjoy in life is like getting up really early before the kids do. And I kind of have that single, those single hours <laughs> of where I can watch what I want to on television, and not having to worry about, you know, being censored for the kid's purpose or work on projects uh, that I want to work on. So that's, I think what a lot of people don't understand about men or men are very selfless. Uh, but we're painted as selfish because we have a direction in our life. Um, I, and me as a man, I had an image of what I wanted my family to look like, you know, and it's, I think, way well, I look at it like when, with marriage, just for instance, if we, if we want to go there for a second, when you ask a person to marry you, you're asking asking them to get in the car with you. <laughs> it's like, hey, I'm headed here, this destination, you want to ride? It's going to be a fun ride, you know. <laughs> And sometimes you might have to drive, right? Sometimes I might lose my job or, you know, whatever. And you might have to get in the driver's seat and take over, but we're still headed in that direction. But the way they sell marriage now is, well, you can have your destination and I can have my destination. And it's like, when you get in the driver's seat, you go in the opposite direction towards your destination. And then I get back in the driver's seat and I head to my destination and we make it nowhere. (laughs) And then we get frustrated because nobody's really at the destination they really want to make. So and that trade-off of men being selfless, it's like, if you're willing to go to destination with me, I'm willing to listen to the radio <laughs> and stop where you want to eat it. All right, that's the trade-off, right? Yeah. You control the radio, you get the ox cord, <laughs> and you get to pick where we eat and, and lodge it. And I think that's the trade-off, but I think it's its this thing where you have women have to wear the pants. And to be honest with you, I don't think that's... I don't think that's I don't think women are built for that. To I me mean, working in like high, you know, in industries or or office jobs is a very cutthroat uh process. Yeah. And when women have a boss, they actually have two husbands. <laughs> because if say, okay, say if I have to go to work and the kids are sick. The woman has to decide, do I please my husband at home or do I please my husband at work?
1: Yep. Yep.
0: And that's a hell of a decision to make Yep. because it's like, <laughs> well, if I, <laughs> well, my husband at work may be giving me more money or more support than my husband at home gives me. So, you know, who, who do you, who, who do you uh, side with? And I think this is where a lot of these rifts come from between the, the man and the woman.
1: Yeah, I think I, mean, I when you said that about the job thing, that is so true because I'm a nurse and nurses have a really hard time staying married <laughs> because their jobs are 12 hour shifts. And so when they're at work, they are completely away from the house for 12 hours. So somebody has to pick up the slack. And a lot of times that can be a huge drain on the marriage, especially if their husband has a job and he has things he's got to do. So I can, I definitely remember when I was working in the hospital, that being a big stressor on my marriage with my husband, Mm -hmm. because he would always be like, well, you're choosing your job over your kids. And I'm thinking like, I'm a cancer nurse, like I'm taking care of cancer patients. How can you say that to me? But then I'm thinking like, at the end of the day, he's right, because I had, you know, I was making that choice. I, I mean, I still had the choice at the end of the day, and you know, while I do think that it, taking care of cancer patients is really important, I'm not trying to downplay that. You're you're gambling with your marriage and your home life when you work as a as a woman. It's just something that, it's just the truth. I don't. I mean, it's a harsh reality.
0: And and we're big babies. Let's, let me be clear. <laughs> <laughs> Men are big babies. Like. It's uh true. with my wife my wife you know, see she works uh part-time or if we're trying to go on vacation she might pick up hours or whatever but um primarily she's inside the home so if she's not here i'm like what are we gonna eat i can cook <laughs> but <laughs> i'm in the routine of coming home and i mean luckily we're working from home now but coming home and it's already figured out it's like it's one less thing i have to worry about the food is ready and mm-hmm. i eat and we have that thing and i want to people are like, well. You just want to make, you don't realize when you hit that door and you open it and you get hit in the face with all the beautiful fragrances, the candles that she selected and mixed in with the aroma of food cooking. It's like, it's a mental, like, wow, like I'm home
2: yeah,
0: kind of thing. And if it's, she's not here when you open that door, um, it's not, that's not there. There's no food cooking. There's no, there's no candles burning, you know? There's it's no really
2: sweet. You, right? <laughs> yeah. Actually, this is no, really but- good uh, insight since I'm the one of uh, us three that's unmarried at this point, you know, hope mm-hmm. to be, I'm uh, going to be 31 and definitely thought I'd be married at this point in my life, but I do think, um, not. I'm not one to ever play the victim, but as somebody who is younger than both of you two, mm-hmm. I have definitely felt the, I think, purposeful pressures to make it more appealing for women to stay single longer. Um, I totally yeah. feel you on the having um, like two husbands thing. Um, so right now I'm married to my job, mm-hmm. but that's because I'm not actually married. And so right. I, you're making a really good point right now that I'm going to have to make this uh, this boundary line a lot sooner. I do intend to and like I do find myself, um, you know, kind of... Making sure I'm very self aware of all these things because I have the time, right? I should be I should be working on this masterpiece of like what I would be as a wife, <laughs> um, you know, when the time comes.
0: But, but but the thing is, is this that when you meet that guy, and mm-hmm. it's a show called Everybody Hates Chris, and as you know, on the show we do a lot of use a lot of entertainment to mm-hmm. illustrate points. And there's a show called Everybody Hates Chris, and it's about Chris Rock's life as uh, childhood. And his mom, you know, she worked periodically, right, when <laughs> when it was needed. And her, his dad had two jobs. And one of the things mm-hmm. about when you have a husband, it works and it can make a living on his own, that gives you freedom to tell your boss, no, nah, I'm not coming in today. The kids are sick, you know. Yeah. So it's like having the best of both worlds. Mm-hmm. But I think people build their life up off of two incomes. Now, I'm, I'm not, at everything wasn't rosy. It was a lot of times my wife had to drop me off at work because we had one car <laughs> when we were, we were when I was like you know first um, creating and developing developing my career. So I would be you know that was kind of embarrassing for being being a man right? Your wife kind of like dropping you off <laughs> like your mom at school and it's like Aww. oh wow you only have one car. <laughs> Not, they, nobody said it but that's how you felt like yeah. Wow sure. I only have one car I'm less than. So there, there's there's things that men go through as well, but that was a sacrifice. Like you got to have the car to take the kids to the doctor's office and to go grocery shopping. Why would I have a car and just park it in the parking lot? Mm-hmm, so that that was a way we saved money. Um, while the guys were going out getting twenty dollar lunches, I was bringing it brown bagging it right. <laughs> but what would get them is like my, I would open my little uh, tupper. I mean, it was, it was so uh, cliche. <laughs> I'll open my little Tupperware bowl and it was home cooked food in it. Oh, yeah. And they're looking like, they're like, wow. Like what? It was always like, what did you, what did you get packed from lunch? Like kind of like school, right? <laughs> Where's your mom <laughs> pack you from lunch? Did she Not send like, you a note? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, um, so there's trade-offs. I mean, you can't, yeah. it can't have it all, but I think the thing that our generation was sold on that we can have it all. Yeah. And it that, that is a fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to touch on um, something that Maddie said. I think this is where the Disney programming comes in at, right? Whereas, um... this is what we had you on. This is
1: what we had <laughs> yeah, you on here is, for. This is it. Let's wow. go. Let's go.
0: It's, it's where the prince says, you know, you're gonna. The prince is just gonna fall out the sky. You go to college, you get the job, you get the career, and then all of a sudden, Prince Charming is gonna be there. You're gonna bump into him at Starbucks. And you know, and then it's gonna like happily ever after. There's and music. It, right. It's the right, you have the arrows, <laughs> love, yeah. you know, the you know, <laughs> keep an arrow hits you. Beep, beep. Right. And yeah. it it doesn't work like that. It yeah. doesn't work like that at all. Um, and I see a lot of times, um I was very traditional and I was raised traditional for the simple fact is I live with my grandparents and I I mean, saying and I live with my parents, right? I would go to my grandparents' house on the weekend so a lot of things that were ingrained in me was from another generation <laughs> not my parents generation of the gender roles and mm-hmm. those those kind of expectation and you know um so i think they sold y'all a bill of goods and i really feel i really feel sad about that but what i say to men is don't hold it against women because at the same time we here here's the here's the deal <laughs> And I don't want to talk too much, but <laughs> what they what they told us is okay. We have an app for everything. That what I was talking about coming home for food, DoorDash mm-hmm. will bring it to you, and then you can have Angie's List come and clean your house up. And mm-hmm. you know, um, for women, you can have you know the handyman come and um, you know patch that hole in the wall or cut your grass or do all these jobs and basically big tech <laughs> has uh, supplied these apps to fulfill what the other gender will bring to your life and that works for men because we're logical it's like yeah i ate today and you know there's other CD apps like only fans where if you need a you need affection you can get it from there but i think they can't create an app for what women need
2: yeah
1: mm, that's true yeah
0: no, sorry.
1: <laughs> and I There's think no after this <laughs> and I, I think that women get that's why I think women um kind of get married to their jobs in a lot of ways because they get kind of fulfilled with like I've seen this with nurses they get fulfilled with caring for patients and things like that it kind of takes the place of ta- taking care of their kids caring for mm-hmm. their husbands in many ways and you do get a lot of praise for what you do and I'm sure that's true of other jobs as well but um That may be the closest thing I think that women really have if they don't have a, a, you know, a home life, really. So and I've seen it. I've seen a lot of my friends fall into that trap, you know. And but and I've worked as a hospice nurse, too. So I've seen families like at the end and I've seen families where they where it was a um, I remember one in particular where it was a woman who she never had children and her husband had died before her. And so her, aunt, her niece and nephew were taking care of her. And I was thinking, how sad. And I'm sure in the, her case, she probably tried to have children, and maybe couldn't have children. But I was like, there's going to be a whole bunch of women that are going to be lying on their deathbed. And they may be at a niece and nephew's house or if in a lucky. nursing home. Yeah. Or, you know, it would be really bad. And I'm just thinking, like, how sad because you know there's going to be just so many people that are going to be so alone at the end of their lives, and because none of us are thinking about that right now.
0: Think about it now, like how we're shutting yeah. our house with the whole um, uh, COVID situation, right? I mean, we're, we're think about how you are now, and think about when you're not young and hot anymore. Yeah. <laughs> how, <laughs> how that's going to work out? So, um, yeah. But I'm not a, I'm not a, um, I don't live a hopeless life. I think there's somebody out there for everybody, but I think you have to have realistic expectations and that's not lowered expectations. It's just that you're you're not going to find that prince, you know, you're going to have to find a guy that you kind of have to teach how to dress. Right. You, know, and, and um... <laughs> you
2: might have to improve yourself a little bit. Yeah, too. I was gonna say, come to the realization that you're not perfect, and there's plenty <laughs> of things that you should be fixing. Um, because they're gonna make you feel better about yourself. They're gonna make you perform better in your job, in your in your family life, in your in your world, just your community. Like everything is gonna radiate outwards from you. And then when you're having your best moment and self and time, like that's when. You know he, the prince doesn't fall from the sky, but I think you're in a better place to meet somebody who would align with um, all the things that you've just. I'm I'm speaking from experience here. Like I had to put a lot, <laughs> a lot of self work in, um, but I did manage to find a guy that, I uh, you know had also been doing his thing, and uh, we found each other at the right time. But um, I wouldn't have gotten there had I not sat in the rubble and um, <laughs>
1: dirt of the realization of you know just Mm -hmm. all of it yeah i mean there's one of the things i was thinking like you were talking about the disney stuff like and the apps and all that like disney has kind of been for women like what a lot of pornography has been for men it's like you know pornography sells men on this unrealistic (laughs) view of what women really are about what what they're what they want and I think the same thing happens with Disney movies. It's like this, Mm -hmm. we're sold on this unrealistic view of how, of men and what they're going to do for us and save us from our lives. And you know, it's, it's bad for both. I think both (laughs) genders really have been sold a bill of goods, really.
0: But that's the thing. But I think it's harder on women. Yeah. Because all the gaps that men have, (laughs) We can buy affection, even if it's manufactured, right? We can buy food. Mm-hmm. We can you know, hire an interior decorator. We can, all the things that a woman brings to the table, we can kind of fill that in other than the womb. <laughs> That's the only thing we haven't figured out yet <laughs> of how do we uh, you know, procreate without a woman. And I, and I don't hope, I hope that day never comes. Yeah. Um, but I think they're trying to figure it out <laughs> as we speak. But That's I think for day. women, it's more of, that presence of a man right um just i I always say this um i remember when i was a kid and my dad would hang out you know with his friends or whatever off out of his routine and it's like you know he wouldn't get home till like on friday nights maybe 10 11 12 o'clock i never felt safe until he got home because yeah. no matter what dad was going to fix it if somebody came in dad could beat be mo- in my mind right and i think yeah. i would think women would have that because just the size and vulnerability thing
1: mm-hmm. and if you
0: live year after year after year of being like man i could be victimized at any moment um i think that's where the the dogs come in right so the dog's like <laughs> at least <the> <laughs> give his life no i mean that's that you're trying to fill that void the, yeah we, we humans have these voids right um the dog plays two roles, right? It's the, the loving and the caring and the affection and then it's the protection. Like if anybody comes through that door, I know he's going to give his life uh, the same thing a man would do. Um, if somebody comes through my door right now, you guys go out the back door and if I got to give my life here at the front door, I'm willing to do it. And I think men don't get that appreciation. And just to touch back on the Disney topic, it was a movie that came out that nobody really paid attention to, but they did, but they didn't. And it was The Princess and the Frog. And I what was that movie. that movie about? It was about a businesswoman. woman mm-hmm. She was all about creating her business. I'm too busy for a man, right? It's like yeah. I'm almost there. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. she was all that's what that movie was about. About modern day women putting their career before meeting a man. And it something traumatic had to happen for her actually to realize that um she met a frog, but then the frog ended up being her for Prince. And there's a frog out there for everybody. And it might not be the coolest guy. It might not be the tallest guy. It might not be the, you know, the guy that this dream guy that everybody wants, but you really can turn a guy into that. Right. Because we become so codependent, whatever you feed me, I'm going to eat it. <laughs> whatever you buy me for Christmas and holidays, I'm going to wear it. <laughs> so it's, you know, you can kind of shape this guy into the guy that you want and, and it's it's very subtle but it happens
2: i think um there's like a lot of layers that go into it so going back to like what you were saying was where you think guys have an easier time with this whole like kind of disruption honestly of of maybe the more traditional um pairing of humans and but i think like what you just said like i think the world misses out on what doesn't get to happen when those good men aren't either created by you know having a good woman and starting a family and having that need and then fulfilling those their needs and um in doing so like being a better person himself like i think the world suffers Mm
0: -hmm.
2: without men yeah to to like step up to the plate and be those people and so like i i think like it's it's we all work together so well. So I hate the animosity between men and women. And, um, I think, you know, I think I definitely take what you said. Um, you know, men don't, you know, blame it all on us, but we've totally, um, I think, well, you know, it's, it's all manipulated and it's all crafted, but.
0: I'll say this. It's it's not men's fault, but it's men's responsibility. See, I'm not one of those guys. I don't Mm -hmm. put it on women. It's, we, we raise the next generation of daughters. Yeah. So, you know, that's it's, it, it's our responsibility at the end of the day. I mean, that's kind of thing that, that's the thing about being a man <laughs> is at the end of the day, if, um, if I happen to we happen to get put out of this house, nobody's going to look at my wife and like, how'd you let that happen? You know, it's going to be on the mask. Like, you see, you see what Mo did? Mo, Mo can not take care of his family, you know, that kind of thing. So, um. It's our responsibility, and right now the courage comes in to say no, no, we're not gonna do it anymore. We're not gonna go along with it anymore. Um, We're not gonna participate in the gender world because what happens is like it's like it becomes a pissing contest. If I can say that, it's like okay, you want to be liberal, you want to be this, you want to be that. Well, I'll be a bigger you know a hole, and I'll I'll play into this instead of saying you know what, I'll be the bigger person. Um, I know you come with you know um little imperfections and, and in married life you can 't hear everything you know i mean <laughs> that 's one of the things like you know what i didn't hear that <laughs> I, I didn't hear that you know um and you keep if you can stay like that and pick your battles when you do open your mouth as a man you're actually hurt so a lot of times i'll I only speak when necessary um and but I think what men do is do what I suspect. It's like it comes becomes an ego thing. It's like, well, I have to win this battle, and men are like that, right? We have to win the battle. <laughs> we turn everything into a competition, and we turn this gender war into a competition. But at the end of the day, we both lose. Mm-hmm. So men have to say, you know what? Yeah, she does have some of those feminist thinking points, but cannot work with her.
2: Yeah. And
0: then once you show her a real man. She'd be like, you know what? Men aren't that bad. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Once I got to know one, you know, not this uh, idea of men that I've been taught of the oppressor, right? Or, of the, um Yeah of this, you know, of this tyrant. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. I think like there's like a bunch of videos on YouTube of like certain, I know like Gavin McGinnis and some other, like uh, Nick Fuentes, I can't, where they tell women like, you'd be happier if you were married and like their approach is just to be like, you just be happier if you would be a, a wife and mother and they're probably right. But their their approach at it is not quite the best. Um, and that's the thing is like, maybe there is, there's like this disconnect with how men and women talk to each other. It's like, we're both kind of right, but we're not hearing each other. That's
0: it. I always like, speak different languages. Yeah. We speak two totally different like, languages. Yeah. We speak English, but it's a two, totally different um Because you're here, like a lot of times, uh, I had this experience when I talked to my wife and even my mother. It's like, well, you're saying the right thing, but you're saying it the wrong way. And I'm like, so what's the mm. point? <laughs> I <laughs> said the right thing. Uh, but then I had to realize that being right isn't everything. Uh, you have to say, sometimes you have to say, what did you hear? <laughs> yeah. Or, or did, you, did you catch what I was putting down or that kind of thing? That way you can, yeah. it doesn't get lost in translation. And the same thing with women. I'm going to give women a little insight. Passive, aggre- passive aggressiveness is a terroristic tactic to men.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I am not a passive aggressive person. And I think... I I will say this like my um, without giving it too much information. My husband was raised by a single mom and his mother was very passive aggressive. So he has a very hard time reading what I'm, what I'm trying to say. And Mm -hmm. I'm just, and I'll have to be like, I promise you like what I just said is exactly how I meant it. Like I'm not trying to say Mm -hmm. something else. And I think that that there's like a whole bunch of men who are raised by women, single moms, who have a very hard time, to- like passive aggressiveness is like the kiss of death for them. They don't know what to do because they, they, they spent their whole life basically learning how to deal with their mom's passive aggressiveness. And then here they meet another woman who has, she might be passive aggressive in a whole different way, or maybe oh, she's branch. not passive aggressive at all.
0: Well, and- well, let me, let me mansplain for you for a little bit. <laughs> Let's um, do it. No, <laughs> well, the reason why passive aggressiveness doesn't work for us because you're being passive and aggressive. And one of those two signals are going to send a, send a message to a man's brain. Either passive, okay, I'll shut down with you. You want to shut down, I'll shut down with you. And men can go days without talking. We can be in our own, you want to play that game? You want to play the passive? Fine. Or if you want to be aggressive, it's like, okay, our octaves go up. And it's not that we're yelling or anything you know my, when you get excited or you, you're you passionate about something your voice goes up and then like why are you yelling it's like I thought we were being aggressive <laughs> so you're not going to get the response that you expect yeah. by and I sent you guys a list and one of those things were was like um don't ask me why I'm mad or that kind of thing like sometimes <laughs> you can walk into a room and a woman and have a look on her face and you're like I'm want to ask why she's mad, but I really don't want the answer. <laughs> you know? yeah. And that that's a form of passive aggressiveness is that I'm going to make him ask me what's wrong with me.
1: Yeah. I will say like just having experience and I'm not just saying like my husband, but I have a lot of guy friends too that raised single moms. They just, when it comes to relationships, I think they struggle a little bit more because they didn't have like like you're able to i think you had a father so maybe you're able to easier get your your thoughts out and just be just be you know this is what i'm trying to say but i've noticed with men they feel like they have like they've dealt with their moms and their moms didn't teach them all of this stuff so they just kind of don't know how to get what they're trying to say out as easily and so they shut down. That's a big one.
0: To be fair, the mother can't teach them.
1: Yeah, and I think that's unfortunate. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. and it's not fair, like to any either one of them, really. Because I mean, I don't know. Like many times, these women didn't choose to be single moms. So it's not like I'm trying to blame them for that or anything. But this is like a phenomena that I just noticed. So I'm not trying to blame anybody for anything. It's just something oh no, that no, I've it's noticed. not blame. We're
0: getting to the root cause, right? I mean, it's what yeah. you do. You have to say, okay, what's the what's the realistic uh, situation, so we can dig yeah. down to the root cause and then f- figure out how to fix the problem. So that's a very uh, analytical way to look at it,
1: right? And I think that's I guess you know that's the downside to a lot of this. It's like when you start talk when you start talking on single moms and you start talking family dynamics, people get real testy. <laughs> Because they don't want to be blamed, you know. And it's not really a blame game. It's really like this is what's happening. Like we have a bunch of single moms raising young men, and they're growing mm-hmm. up, and they don't know how to be men.
0: Yeah. they don't being know a man how not to talking. <laughs> being a man is not talking too much. Yeah. And, and what I mean by that is, everything that comes across across your mind doesn't have to come across your lips
1: exactly
0: right the one yes. thing i learned about from my grandfather is he very rarely talked i mean like spoke up to like address a problem i mean of course a uh, chit chat but when he spoke it was like everybody stop like you know the <laughs> the wise man is speaking you know it's kind of like what does he have to say um and it's that's a very effective uh method is when you keep your words reserved um then it's like okay he's speaking let me see what he has to say whereas you if you come at it like just a constant you know it's like it doesn't it doesn't lend to our masculine uh appeal
1: yeah you know like when you say it like that that makes a lot of sense because that seems like that's like that might be the real issue is that um they don't know when to just like they don't know how to just sit on a thought and think it out through and then say it you know Cause, and a lot of times, too, it's like the problem with women is that when we're upset and we're emotional, like we're just like saying it out loud. And if, we if open two our mouth, people in a relationship <laughs> are doing that at the same time, it doesn't work out so well.
0: <laughs> uh, th- these are skills that's lost. Yeah. Um. These are the human skills that- that's lost. And I think. I honestly believe that we're more caveman (laughs) a cave woman that we want to believe because we live in this, uh, this veneer of society. (laughs) Um, and it, we haven't had to, you know, um, we have the, uh, creature comforts. So that kind of, you know, puts our roles, mix up, mixes up our roles. But like my grandfather, when my dad was a child, he was the first one up, the house was cold (laughs) and he had to get the fire started that kind of thing. It's like, you appreciate dad different. It's like, i never felt a warm, a cold morning before because dad gets up and he stokes the fire and dad sit there shivering by the fire trying to get it going. I mean, yeah. it's, this was a reality. So your appreciation is different. Um, but now it's just like, hey, we just flipped the uh, thermostat. You know, dad ain't doing nothing. You know? <laughs> and dad's like, I make the money to keep that thermostat yeah. running. And it's like, well, mom makes money too. So what, yeah. what defines your role?
2: <laughs> it becomes more abstract in that way. Yeah, when it's, when it's less visible, I think. Mm-hmm. That's another good point, I think. Yeah.
1: I was just thinking like today um, I got into trouble on Instagram because I posted a tweet that I put out <laughs> that was um, Maddie's laughing. Cause she's what I'm talking about yeah. somebody posted something on Twitter about um, they're teaching Marxism to preschoolers now. And there was a picture of a, a, like a young man with a bunch of preschool kids. And I was thinking like, yeah, Marxism is kind of sketchy, but I think it's a little sketchy for, uh, to me, it just seems weird for a young man, like in his 20s, to want to be a preschool teacher. And um, I got a lot of hate for that because I was being, I guess I'm being sexist. But I just kind of feel like, you know. You're furthering the sure,
2: stereotype.
1: <laughs> Yeah, I know. I'm like, sure, men can be nurturing. I'm not saying they can't be, but I think you also said this too, Mo. Like, it's hard <laughs> to be nurturing to other people's kids. It's just for men, it's harder for them to do that because it's just not in their nature, or it's not natural to them. Like, it is it's for not. Women. I mean,
0: if you got to look at the animal, can't, well, of course we're not animals, but <clears throat> but I think this is a uh uh over exaggerated form of it. But it's uh uh I think it's called infanticide. Mm-hmm. When when yeah. one lion takes over the pride, yeah. he wipes off, wipes out the prodigy of all the previous lion, and then yeah. he starts over. And I was, thinking, I think you probably heard the point I was making was I said that you can't love other children like you love your biological children. And I got right. a lot of pushback on that statement. I'm not saying you can't love children that's not yours, mm-hmm. but that child that shares your genetics. <laughs> It's yeah. something hardwired in us to say yeah that's me you know that's, yeah. that's mine right there you know it's a sense of pride of course you can love stepchildren my my grandfather or my um uh my maternal grandfather was a my step grandfather but i mean i never call him my step grandfather so i mean you can yeah you can always be loved as a step parent i'm not saying that but i'm just saying in in men more specifically um that um we have a hard time um to lend to your point of that nurturing yeah even with my biological kids um i'm not a big nurturer i'm a teacher and i'm a i gotta prepare you for life <laughs> yeah. i don't have time to like you know to your kiss your protector. you know saying, kiss your boo-boo and like oh it's gonna be all right it's like you got you got two. uh you got poked in the eye you got another eye keep going <laughs> you know that yeah. kind of thing um, yeah. because it's a survival i need to teach you how to survive let your mom baby you. and that and like i said those aren't clearly defined roles and exclusive roles but if i'll say this and, and i'll turn it over to you all i think what happens is um, in these gender roles either we have two people on one side where you have like the dad has been effeminate uh and he's like oh let me kiss your boo-boo and it's gonna be all right and it's like so who's telling him to man up mm-hmm. yeah because mom and dad both are kissing your boo-boo mm-hmm. or yeah. it's like with uh with you say with uh women if uh, it's a single mother she might have to say you know what i have to be the logic and discipline and that kid gets no love right that love that the mother has to give so i think we're either either or we're all on either one side or the other and I don't think we appreciate the, in in not meaning in the literal terms, but the marriage of two people. The outcome and the and the influence it has on children, of those roles being you know played out by two separate people, uh, and, the, and the effect it has on the kids.
1: Yeah. So, do you think I was being sexist
0: then? No. <laughs> no, cause to be honest, I'm gonna say this, and 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 this is this is real. I don't know how people how you all and I say you all like women I don't understand how you can hear a baby crying and it doesn't drive you crazy. I think that's biological um that you have a tolerance level for noise. I um, and I think that comes from if you're if we just going to go back to the caveman thing again, when you're out in the wilderness and you're hunting, you have to have a very sensitive hearing, right? To hear that crackle or that twig crack or yeah. that kind of thing so that constant crying kind of like fries out your that brain pattern or that brain signal in, i mean that signal in your brain whereas I a mother I, she's like i'm like do you not hear him crying and she's like no he's all right <laughs> it's like yeah. no I know, I know
2: what that cry means
0: yeah yeah that's a normal cry it's not a wet cry or a hungry cry and i'm like what yeah. I, you could tell <laughs> the difference and i gave this example before of like when my kids walked through the room My wife has like this sixth sense, like something's wrong. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? She didn't say anything. (laughs) How did you pick up on that? And she's like, I don't know, but something ain't right. And I'm like, what are you talking about? (laughs) You know, that kind of thing. Um, So, yeah, I think we have totally different roles. Um, Even with sleeping with your children, as far as when you're like have young, very young children. If I wasn't on baby duty, I don't hear them. When I'm asleep, I don't hear them. And I think that lends more to, like I said, going back to the caveman-like mm-hmm. mode of I have to have a full night's rest to get up and hunt tomorrow. Yep.
2: Yeah. So
0: I have, I think it's something in the man's brain when you turn it off. Now, if I was on baby duty, I could hear him, right? But if I wasn't on baby duty, no, didn't hear him at all. You know, <laughs> and my wife's was like, you didn't, you didn't hear him at all crying last <laughs> night. Nope, I wasn't on baby duty. And I think these are just things that, just to go to your point, if, when you point that out, or you're being sexist, you're saying men and women are not equal. Yeah. I'm not saying, I'm saying, okay, let's, men and women are equal, but a pound of feathers and a pound of stones are two different things. Yeah. They're equal in the weight of being a pound, but they're two to, I don't think you want a pound of stones to lay your head on. Right. And I don't think you want a pound of feathers to fight off wild animals if you had to throw it at them. So they, they serve two different purposes, but they're equal in the, in the same sense.
1: Yeah. And I was thinking like, I guess my thought was, it's like, um, if I was a, if I was going to be sending my children off to a preschool and I, and it was all just men, it would kind of make me a little uncomfortable just because I'm, my job is to protect my children. So, you know, my instincts kick in. That might be where that's coming from because, you know, typically, you know, men do not work in preschools mm-hmm. and knowing what I know about uh, pedophiles trying to get jobs to be around children, my my all my red flags would be going off, and I could be completely wrong, but I'm thinking about my kids and their safety. You know, well,
0: let me push back on that a little bit, but at the same time, if when my kids 13 male children, I would want them taught by males.
1: Yeah, and I just think that 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 is there is a little difference there you know because no, when they're saying, 13 I mean, that goes to
0: show you it's nuanced to the conversation yeah that
1: children are different at different ages so it's different when they're preschoolers and when they're 13 yeah
0: because if, if you notice the elite send their kids off to all girls or all boys schools right why is that <laughs> i mean obviously they've spent a lot of money and uh time investigating and investigating and and realizing that that Boys being taught by men in all male environments you know it or it's beneficial or they wouldn't do it, yeah, so uh, like i said it's a, it's we have to be nuanced to saying men can't be teachers that's not true right. I'm going to tell you now, we would never want a male nurse not not no offense to male nurses out there, but <laughs>
1: That's all it's so common though, yeah,
0: <laughs> no, because a woman has a certain you know I, I believe a lot in touch, I believe mm-hmm. a lot in um, transferring of energy especially like when you're cooking food I think oh, yeah. that's why people are not as healthy as they used to be it has nothing to do with uh, well of course it has the, the fast food industry but I think when your mother prepares your food <laughs> it has something in it it has a, you know some love energy in it that you know it transfers um, that I don't think I mean if you're talking about disgruntled people that's pissed off that they're making $7 an hour I don't want that food Right. Just because of the energy in it, not even the food, yeah. but the energy is being transferred. <laughs> you're, in it, right, you're eating so,
2: poison, and it's it's got bad vibes all infused in it. Right.
0: <laughs> so I mean, because I I'm, I think that we need to think these things through. And when you say stuff like that, you're not wrong. Now we're living in today's society, so we have to be aware of that. And it's yeah. sad. That people can't have a nuanced conversation. It's just like they're ready to throw you into a bucket, like bigot. Shut up, yeah. shut up, bigot. Kind of
1: yeah, and then there's like the argument that well, women can be you know abusers too, and you know they they can be pedophiles too, and it's always like trying to. I'm like, yeah, you're right. I mean, sure. And I mean, with this person, I was like, you're probably right, and probably my bias is probably getting in the way, but you know. That's that is my that is what I, my first thought is. I uh, just being real with you about what I'm thinking. Well, I'm going to
0: be supportive for your argument, and you a real question is like, why would a man want to be in a room for twenty to thirty, twenty five to thirty <laughs> kindergartners? Not for the sense of nothing. No, not, I not women, for the sense I'm of a nothing. female. <laughs> I mean, right, Somebody, I mean, just that job right in general is, yeah. right, just that job in general is, like, it's a labor of love. Yeah. And, and you're changing
1: diapers the, and changing clothes, and there's
0: a lot of It doesn't fit the intimacy. strength of a man.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, it doesn't fit the strength of men. So, yeah, you had to question that, like, why would you want to do that job again? You know, I mean, uh but, like I said, it's I'm sure there's great teachers out there of every gender. Yeah. But, you have to start questioning yourself, like, okay, uh, why would that person want to do that job? Um,
1: oh, my husband's like, I don't care. I, I just care about my kid. So <laughs> kind of going back to what you were saying, like, I just care about my kids. So <laughs> I don't care about these other kids. <laughs> it is what and, it is.
0: and people, People give you that. They'll say, oh, well, I love all children the same. No, you don't. Yeah. If you're in a life and death situation, that's when the truth will come out. You know, I mean, if you're really put you now to the uh, test of who you had to say first, <laughs> you're going mean, to, that's just genetics. It is what it is. And yeah. I mean, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with, you know, uh, with with genetics and, and being proud of your genes. I think this plays into a lot to the race role as well, right? It's like, well, you know, you, you know, you shouldn't be that way or think that way. It's like, you know, I, I love who I am. You know, I, I love who my people are. And it's weird that we have the Olympics, right? And I'm waiting for the Olympics to get canceled. When <laughs> you think about <laughs> yeah. the Olympics, it's yeah. like, hold on. You have all these nations come together and says, who does it the best <laughs> based off of our, I mean, because most, nation, most nations are genetically similar, similar in, uh, within their nation. Um, mm-hmm. You factor out america maybe some of the more uh western culture i mean like english i mean um uh european nations where you know china russia those places it's like we have we're the best (laughs) we're the best at this because of our genes and who we are Mm -hmm. but when you say that outside of the olympics it's like oh you're a racist or you're this or you're that i mean like the kenyans when they show up it's like a long distance running we're gonna whip your ass excuse (laughs) my language but we're gonna (laughs) whip your butt you know that kind of thing um yeah. nothing wrong with that and they, and they do <laughs> it's like one two three kenyans
2: <laughs> yeah i wouldn't mind the canceling of the olympics honestly like i used to enjoy them but it's not even fun anymore
1: yeah it's become such a everything is the thing that makes me frustrated is how pol- everything is politicized now yeah so you can't just watch... Any, you can't watch anything on television and just enjoy it for its entertainment value because you're being bombarded with messages of politics.
0: Spells. Yeah.
1: Yes. Like, Madden.
0: I... Me and my <laughs> husband bad.
1: love... We love basketball. I mean, we, we would love... We love like, going to NBA games and stuff like that. And since we're a little close to Atlanta, we always would go watch the Hawks play. And... Ever since like, COVID hit and then you know all the riots hit over the summer, it's all just Black Lives Matter or wearing a mask. Every commercial, or every every break is one of those two <laughs> things, and that's all they talk about. And my husband doesn't see it. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm just watching basketball. And I'm like, really? Like, you're that's not the male annoyed. brain
0: compartmentalizing, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like, it I that goes to show He's you. He's able to see past <laughs> it. <laughs> right it's like i'm here for the pleasure of watching the game then put the ball through the hoop and who's going to do it more and they yeah. have a winner and it's, at the end of the day the, and, and i mean of course there's some artistic flair to basketball but that's the man. that's the man mind at work yeah but I, I completely understand what you're saying that but that is what their purpose is to destroy all the things that we enjoy mm-hmm. that way you're more pissed off and you're more ratcheted up. And it's the same thing with, you know what I'm saying, with, uh, with the gender. It's the same thing with the race. It's like how we get in. Well, that's how the devil works. Let's just be honest. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to offend anybody. But that's how, you know, if you just believe uh, how a, like we said the word devil's advocate, right? What yeah. are you doing? You're saying for the sake of argument, that person could be right. So let me support their argument to keep this thing going, right? So that's what they do. And it's like, okay, well, I got them going. Let me stoke up this other side. And they go to the other side. Well, you know, you had a point. And then they, you know, and it's like, keep fighting, keep fighting, keep fighting. And what happens is that our nation deteriorates within. Yeah. You know, that's the ultimate goal. And when I say within, I'm talking about within the walls of a home. And that brings our conversation full circle. That's why the family is really under attack.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's like every now it's like every single group. Like recently we've had these shootings and um, now it's like we're worried about Asian hate. Whereas like just like a month ago, Asians were like whiter than white people or something like that.
0: The model, (laughs) model, uh, model um, immigrant is I think what they used to call. Yeah.
1: And now we have now they're being like, my husband is half Chinese. And he even told me to like yesterday, he was like, I really don't like where they're going with this Asian racism thing. I don't want this to be another uh, BLM, but with Chinese people, mm-hmm. you know, and it really I was seems like, like, they
2: don't want it. I saw an excellent yeah. meme today that was like, CNN, um, you know, Asians are. The new, um, you know, victimized minority group, and you know, the response is Asians. No, we're not. And the <laughs> meme response was CNN going, "Yes, yes you are."
1: <laughs> yeah, it's. But really nobody sad. nobody
0: wants that. But let's be honest. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants yeah. to be. I mean, that's kind of like with you saying with feminism, right? The same thing. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be the, you know, poor me. Um, I need, uh, I need you to, you know, feel sorry for me all you wanted, all feminism wanted, I say you, but all feminism and women wanted was the equal opportunity um, to say, okay, I want to work outside the house. Cool. Yeah. And, and and I'm not saying women have to stay in the house. I think one parent should be in the home. <laughs> now that's up to the man and woman to decide. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, if the woman can make more money than men, then it's like, okay, man, if you can, if you're okay with staying in the home, then you need to stay there. But I think ushering our kids off and i don't want to piss anybody off about this but i just see it um because i have a very non-traditional family and the reason why i say that i started young having kids in in today's society <laughs> it, it, it's a shaming it's like mm-hmm. you started having kids when it's like that's that's pretty young and you you have four? Oh my god how do you do it and it's very offensive <laughs> when people say this like what do you mean it's like their are children <laughs> yeah. it's like but how, how do you do it but The point I was going to is that I see these poor women I I, I work with, and I don't say poor out of pity, I'm saying that it's something very unnatural going on where they're having to go in between meetings, they have to go into these pump stations where they're pumping milk. (laughs) And it's like, that used to be a bathroom, you know? I mean, and you're coming out of this meeting and we're talking about transfer energy again, you're coming out of this high-stress high meeting, and you're pumping milk and all those uh, yeah, right. chemicals and byproducts, so, you know, uh, bio byproducts, yeah. is pumped oh, into the milk. That's and that's then, then if you have a kid, you have a kid, and luckily now we get three months maternity leave and paternity leave, but it used to be like six weeks. So you have your kid for six weeks. The kid's just now getting adjusted to being on the outside. It's like on, like a prisoner. It's like, I'm just used to getting used to outside life. <laughs> yeah. and, then you pa- and then you pack me up and take me to strangers in, in a room full of other crying babies where I have to compete um, for attention. For attention. Yeah. And the only mechanism I have is crying. <sighs> um, and then yeah. you pick the kid up at f- six, seven o'clock in the afternoon. You take him home. You feed him. You bed him down. Uh, by eight or nine, and then you have to get on your laptop, answer emails, and you re- rinse and repeat this for five days out of the week. And you think you're going to have a normal family?
2: Or a normal generation. I think we're seeing the effects of what's called the uh, the daycare generation.
0: Yes, yes.
2: You know, and I don't think they're going to be very functional adults. Like, um, you know, I'm sure it's somewhat already staggered to that point where they're supposed to mm-hmm. be adult. Like the reason and I don't know, it probably drives you guys crazy, but it definitely drives me crazy. Like the phrase adulting and it's uh, really just like, you know, functioning as a human. But people my age even are calling it this adulting thing. And it's like because your adolescence was prolonged to such an abnormal crazy age yeah doing anything that like would require you to function as a human being is is difficult because you had such a comfortable easy life and okay so i'm very fortunate and blessed to have been taken care of for so long but like you know again it's all about doing the self-work and and um learning to do things and picking up that slack once your parents are you know giving it to you but there's tons of kids my generation that their parents are going to drop off like at some point or another and um, cuz they're not very highly functioning humans either and those people aren't going to be able to survive and the sink or swim it's not going to work they're going to be a lot of sinkers
0: so why is it there a need for adulting because the dad wasn't allowed to play his role dad is the adulter <laughs> you know it's like the- yeah
2: how to adulter <laughs> But like, right it's it, like yeah it you event. want something
0: you want something' it's transactional you want yeah. that new Lego set do yeah. something yeah <laughs> you know <laughs> hey you're big enough now I'm not taking this trash out anymore you take the trash out it's you know it's turn. like yeah. you, you're delegating things down it's like <laughs> no you ha- you have to earn your keep around here um but I think when dads are not free to say that and I and, I, and I'll get to the root cause of that because dads can be removed out of the house at any moment i mean let's, let's just be honest here
2: That's really sad. you
0: could pick up the phone and say hey i don't like him anymore he leaves his so- socks on the bathroom floor and he makes the kids do his chores so get him out of here and they'll say <laughs> mr Fax, dad. uh you got 30 minutes to pack a bag <laughs> and you have to leave the, uh, leave the premises
2: or we'll escort you from the premises yeah right yeah it is a threat
0: So dads are like, you know, I'm just going to keep a low profile here (laughs) and I'm not going to upset the apple And be less effective.
2: Yeah. And and then there's harm in that. Like like generational, human-wide, societal ramifications of that.
0: Adulting. I mean, just think about that. I mean, I'm not dissing on anybody that's going through that because where we're at, we're at. Yeah. But it's like to continue on... (laughs) and let the next generation go through that, that's where we're flawed. We -hmm. can't let that happen. It's like, you can't start becoming an adult at 30 years old. Um, It just doesn't work that way because I'm a big believer in habits. And when you form those habits and going back to the mother and the child situation, when the mom and dad are used to getting up and going out going to the farmer's market and going to Starbucks and all those things, and then you throw a kid in the mix, and it's like my whole routine that I've done since eighteen to thirty is interrupted. And like, who am I? What am What am I doing? You know, and you know that kind of thing bleeds over. And it's like, well, I can't take it off. Uh, take it out in the kids. So let me take it out on this uh, this guy that did this to me <laughs> that, that <laughs> put me in this situation of being pregnant. You did this to me, and you 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 hear women say that sometimes. Yeah. You did this yeah. to me, you know. Um, ah. So. Yeah. But we can fix it by talking about it. You know, yeah. yeah. we fix it. And
2: I was gonna say, I think that's I think the key. There, yeah. There there is um I think I've seen and witnessed like I've got signs of hope and you know, trackers and I think I'm at the point where everybody is basically getting married or having kids or on their on their next kid or something. And um but I do think it's a positive trend I'm seeing, you know. I do have a number of friends and um peers that got married younger than um Maybe the rest of us or even our parents were. And so I do see sort of, and what I'm hopeful for is some kind of reverting to what I think worked better. Um, and, you know, maybe it wasn't ideal. I think there's like a happy medium that we can maybe get back to. And so, you know, our grandparents might have gotten married super young um, for mm-hmm. our taste and our thoughts. But I think, you know, the fact that maybe our parents got married way older I don't think like that's necessarily been the answer, and so I think um, you know the most we can do is you know keep keep talking about it, and um, right. I think uh, you know everybody kind of just try and try and be aware. <laughs> um,
0: I want to make one last point, and I don't know we, I don't know if when we had to. I have time, but I don't know how long you have, but I want to make this one last point because people are like, well, you make it seem like it's all out, you know, cupcakes and glitter, yep. being married young, and it's not. Because the pressure of being married young is while your counterparts are going to Jamaica and France and, you know, you're wiping butts and noses and they're like, oh, you see them on social media. It's like, oh, going to the concert, going here, going there, doing this. And then you're, you know, your wife's looking at you like, you did this to me. My friends are out enjoying the world and I'm here, you know, stuck with, you know, the kids. And so it's a, it's a, it's... I think what happens is that it's uh, this pressure, of and I, I went through that when I was younger, and me, me and my wife went through it. That we, I had to give up. That's why I gave up social media as a person. I do it. I have a social media because of the show, but as a person, because it was depressing. It's like yeah. all my friends are going here and doing things, and I'm here with the kids, and I have one car, and they have two cars, and you know. <laughs> So it's not, it's, there's no right way. There's no easy way, but we have, like I said, we had to find that balance. Maybe yeah. it's like, you know, where's, where's the middle ground? So it's not all cupcakes and rainbows and glitter having kids young because you, you sacrifice a lot. And I would tell my brother, cause he, he's um, older than me and he doesn't have any kids yet. And I always joke with him. He, he always traveled and did everything. And like, I'm like, man, but I was like, you know what? You only have a certain amount of fun to have in life. You're having yours in the front end. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have mine in the back end. It's like, okay, once the kids are grown, you know, and then you're, you know, you're little league and everything at 50 years old and doing that kind of thing. I'm like, <laughs> my kids are grown <laughs> and, yeah. and now we're going to Jamaica. So there's no right way. Right. It's just whatever you choose, just embrace it and make it the best situation possible.
2: And then all I think right. it goes back to really make this episode go full circle before my headphones die. is like, you know, all that matters is find the right person to get in that car with you. Make sure your mm-hmm. destination is the same. You know, at least you can agree upon a similar goal and that you all, you want to get there together. And, um, right. you know, that's the point. Choose
1: that person every day and don't give up on them just because it's hard, you know, for the time.
0: We're not in interchangeable parts. So I'll say that.
1: That's a good point. We had a little bit of some recording issues right at the end of our episode with MoFax. And you really can't understand him when he's trying to give you his information. So I just wanted to reach out and make sure you guys got information on him so you know where to follow him. So uh, MoFax, he has a show called MoFax with Adam Curry. And you can get that anywhere we get podcasts. We also, um, he also is on Twitter at MoFax, IG or Instagram at uh, MoFax, and he's also got his own website, MoFax.com, and he has a YouTube channel that he is doing um, some new material with, Um, and that's also at MoFax, and if you guys don't know how to spell that, it's M-O-E Fax, F-A-C-T-Z. Um, so thank you guys for listening to the show and we had a wonderful time talking with Mo and learning from him. And if you guys want to follow us, just, um, we're probably most active on Instagram at voluntary Vixens and we're the same on Facebook, although we're not as active there, <laughs> but, uh, we're on Twitter at, um, Vixens Voluntary. And if you are interested in donating to us, we have a Patreon at Vixens underscore voluntary.
2: And I think that's it, right? All right. Thanks again, everyone, for listening. Thanks again, Mo, for joining us. Um, we'll catch you next time. Hopefully, we'll definitely catch you again, Mo. And um, everybody listening, uh, in the meantime, keep it sane, keep it peaceful, and keep it voluntary.